0: What's going on guys, Dando here. Just want to give you guys a quick heads up. So during this episode, you're gonna hear Guy and myself discuss the Disney giveaway that we had going last week. Uh, so that contest is actually over, but because patrons get the show a week early, we actually had to record the episode you're about to hear last week. I know it sounds confusing, but it, trust me, it makes sense. So basically what we did last week was we uploaded the, the Disney clip, uh, the competition clip for you guys on the free feed, just so everyone would have the chance to enter and go on the Facebook page and hopefully win the animation sale. But uh, the competition is now over. So when you hear us discuss it in this episode, just ignore it and skip through. The competition's actually over. But there was no way of me editing out all the mentions of the competition and make it still sound natural. So I've just left it in. But I thought I'd give you guys the heads up so you don't think that there's a new competition. It's just the same one that's already over. But anyway, thank you guys. Hope you enjoy our review of It's a Mad Mad, Mad Mad Marge. I'll catch you guys next week for the season finale. Thank you so much guys for tuning in. Love you all. Cheers. You just enjoy your grocery shopping, Marge. And if you pick up some semolina, I can make couscous for Lisa. It's
1: my favorite. It is?
0: Oh, yeah. You can learn a lot from your kids if you just listen to them.
1: Be right back. Take your time. Why do I always think of the perfect thing to say when it's too late? Shut up, Becky. Well, that would have been sweet. <gasps> the brakes cut light! Mm-hmm. Ah! Ah, it's red. Yeah! Yeah! Oh. Oh. Uh. Wow, tough glass. Four finger discount, dude.
0: Welcome to Four Figure Discount this week. We are here to review episode B-A-B-F-1-H. It is, it's a mad, 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 mad. I'm Dando. I am Guy. Dando, how are you, my man? You doing okay? Uh, yeah, not too bad. I'm in a good mood uh, because for some reason, I've always had a soft spot for this episode. I think it's mostly nostalgia reasons because it was one of the ones that I had like two or three tapes, you know, when used to tape things off TV, <laughs> I had two or three Simpsons tapes that were like my favourite tapes. And I remember this was at the start of one of them. And that doesn't necessarily mean it's one of my favourite episodes. It was just on one of the tapes. And I just always had that sort of... It reminds me of sitting at you know, at home at my old place back in Donnelly Avenue in Norland growing up when I was like you know, 11 or 12 and just watching this episode on repeat. And Yeah, I've always found it as a, a bit silly, but a fun episode.
2: I'm afraid this is where our paths differ. Our paths diverge, yeah? Dan. I was kind of underwhelmed by this episode. I couldn't... I mean... I'm sure I must have seen it back in the day, but I could not remember a darn thing about it. And then started to watch this episode. Oh, I, I watched it today, so it's so, sort of so I'd be fresh going in. And yeah, all the way through, it's kind of like, well, this is a whole lot of nothing. I mean, it just wasn't, didn't really do it for me. And I was surprised because you know at the start, um, it's got written by Larry Doyle, and i sang the praises of Larry Doyle for writing an episode a few. Mm, a few episodes back, I forgot which one it was, but
0: uh, might have been Pygmalion, was it? May, yeah, because well, Larry, because was because Larry was Duffman,
2: that's right. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, you wrote Pygmalion, which I really enjoyed. And this one, I don't know, I mean, it's got a classic sort of um, I guess, sitcom setup of oh, just seeing the worst possible outcome in every situation and making mistakes while you're doing it. And that's you know what Marge does when, when Becky moves
0: in, um. But for some well, reason... That well, that, that, that was one of my notes. I was sort of watching it thinking, this feels like it's, a, it's a, an episode that could have almost been filled live action. I think...
2: Well, I, reading, the, um, reading some research about this, I mean, there's a... I don't know if it was Larry Doyle who said it, but he said, oh, you know, sort of coming up with wacky misunderstandings, you know, gave us a lot more sort of sympathy or a lot more respect for what the guys at Three's Company did. You know, one of those old... Um, American sitcoms where it's like yeah yeah I, I, I think the whole premise of that was basically a wacky misunderstanding where some guy was living with two girls and you know everyone thought oh he's this wild playboy or whatever and he turned out not to be i, I don't know i can't really remember but um yeah this um yeah this episode just really didn't do it for me it's, it's it wasn't um offensively bad or even it, i guess it was more kind of eh, i guess but it was more on the other more on the bad side of i guess than the good side of i guess if you know what i mean i, mean, I think it's because i've also always had a crush on becky well true becky does seem nice but with that in mind i mean um, i was i sort of went in fairly blind to this one but well also because i couldn't really remember all that much but i thought okay i don't want to know anything about it going in i'm just going to watch it and judge it on its own merits such as they are and there weren't many merits but I was like, who's doing this voice of Becky? I'm not sure I'm into this, whoever's doing it. And I honestly thought it might be some I don't want to disrespect any pop stars or anything like that, but I thought it might be a pop star and acting was not their first thing. You didn't think Parker Posey was any good. And look at the end, it's Parker Posey, who I think is, you know, really terrific. I think is, you know, an incredibly inventive comic actor. I mean, if if any of you out there haven't seen Days to Confused, Go see Days of Confused, and then you'll be both absolutely love-struck and terrified of Parker Posey. (laughs) She's really terrific in that movie. Uh, But, I don't know, she didn't really, yeah, sort of nail it, as far as I'm concerned with Becky.
0: I don't know, there was a few moments where I thought she was great. I can understand why you see this as kind of bland, because it... It does feel like there's a whole lot happening, but also at the same time, a whole lot of nothing happening. So yeah. it doesn't, but it also might be because it's coming off the back of episodes like Kill the Alligator and Run and things like mm. that, where we're just, maybe you're just sort of, you're expecting wackiness now and you just didn't get it this episode.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, one other thing that um, I sort of found in my brief research was the fact that it it didn't really have a B story. It's just all, it's all a story all the time. It doesn't
0: really which seem. Is what, which is what I liked about it because okay. it didn't. Because I feel like recently they've tried to throw in B stories, and by doing so, it's taken away. And it's sort of it's almost felt like the episodes have been two stories that could have been better if they were full length stories. But because they tried to fit them into the same one, like remember when they went to the um, in the future and Homer was uh, digging for gold? Yeah. And whilst there wasn't much to that side story, there was barely any scenes with him. Funny, it was just he started looking for it, and all of a sudden he found it. So there was no substance to it. Mm. But I feel like if they tried to shoehorn. A b story into this one it would have made the main story even more weak because there would yeah, was it wasn't it wasn't a hole that happening anyway i i did, i would I'm glad they didn't take a b story in there or put a b story in there to detract from the a story well that's the thing i mean often with when you've got a
2: situation like that you don't have an a story and a b story you've got sort of two a minus stories or yeah. Um, yeah and and like you said, yeah, I mean neither one ends up satisfying all that much. Look, I didn't I didn't despise this episode by any stretch, but, I mean, yeah, it just felt very flimsy, very featherweight, kind of inconsequential to me.
0: Well, it just, it also sort of felt when I was watching it that Marge seemed a little bit out of character. I mean, I can understand the jealousy or whatnot, but to the point where she was willing to legitimately kill Becky, I thought that's a little bit... That's probably a step too far for Marge. Marge would never want to kill somebody. You know, she'd can- be upset and she'd be sad, but she wouldn't walk in and brandish a fucking glass ice cream cone and no. to murder somebody in public. You know, it just that I saw that and I went, ah, oh, no. I I was entertained by the story, but moments like that, I kind of went, yeah, you're kind of pushing it for the sake of the story. Now,
2: it felt a little disrespectful to Marge for some
0: yeah, reason. this did. whole yeah, this yeah. whole
2: episode felt disrespectful to Marge, and I mean, I yeah, I don't want to be that kind of person who's like, be faithful to the characters, man, or be better to them or whatever. I mean, I think you should. I think your characters can be tools, and I think you should use mm. them. You know. To the best of your ability. I don't know. I, I, I don't like the way they treated her in this episode for some reason.
0: Nah. Marge is on the run. You know, she's has considered crazy. There's all these uh, news stories about her. Everyone's looking for her, blah, blah, blah. But the family don't seem to care. They're just filming a movie for Bart. Yeah. Marge, Marge gets back and Bart's like, yeah, mum, it's great to have you home, but you're getting in my shot. I was like, mm. oh, I don't know. <laughs> no, <laughs> Logic
2: sort of got thrown out the window. But admittedly, I think this uh, this episode was kind of a tribute to a lot of 90s movies, the so-and-so from hell movies, like The Roommate from Hell or The Babysitter from Hell, like The Hand That Rocks the Cradle or Single White Female or something along those lines, where someone new enters someone's life. Clearly, they've got evil intentions or whatever, but they're so nice and so seemingly rational um, that the sane person appears insane for saying, no, no, this person's trying to kill me or take over my life or whatever. So I guess they were trying to riff on that a bit and yeah, I I can see that that would be fun, that would be sort of fertile comic territory, but they didn't really do that much with it. I mean, they didn't... Either they weren't faithful enough to that kind of story or they didn't, to quote Barney, take it to strange new places. So do you think we're... you would have
0: do you think you would have preferred it if um if at say midpoint during the episode it's revealed that Becky is trying to steal the family from Marge? Like she, you know, Marge discovers something and Becky's like, you better keep your mouth shut or something like that, but no one else believes Marge because she's just so nice to everybody else. Do you think you would have preferred it if they took that avenue? I or was prob- that too cliche? Um
2: look, it's a bit cliched, but I don't mind cliches every once in a while. And I think that probably would have worked better. For me at least. Yeah.
0: What do you think? Yeah, yeah. Um I I. See, I like the episode as it was, but as you were sort of explaining there, I just sort of thought of that and I thought the um the ways they could have gone with it, I think that would have been easier to digest for many viewers, probably. It's mm. a it's a common it's a common story. I think it just would've worked well. It would've fe- it would have felt cliche and simple, but you know, as you said, cliches sometimes work. One thing I was disappointed to hear though was that uh Becky was originally written for Drew Barrymore. Yeah. And we all know. We all know here at Four Figure get my love for Drew Barrymore. <laughs> I just think that if you, if you, I'm trying to apply maybe Drew Barrymore's character from The Wedding Singer into the character of Becky. Yeah. I don't know. If I, I feel like if Drew Barrymore played that, it probably would have made the character even better. Yeah. Like you said, Parker Posey, you didn't really think she did a great job. I think Drew Barrymore, mainly because they wrote the character for her, probably would have been perfect for the role.
2: Yeah. Well, Drew Barrymore was actually in one of those From Hell movies back in like yeah, the yeah. early 90s. It was called Poison Ivy. And, um, she became, she was like this wild child. I think this was in sort of her early 20s. Drew's all grown up, not on heroin anymore, and back acting. And, um, you know, hey, that's Drew Barrymore, and she's got a tattoo. And she, like, um, the old tramp stamp. Well, I don't think it was a tramp stamp. <laughs> well, she's got one. <laughs> I'm sure she does. But, um, <laughs> you know, uh, she becomes friends with um, rich girl Sarah Gilbert from, from, um, Roseanne. And then it turns out, oh no, she's got designs on the whole family and she says about seducing the dad and all that kind of stuff. I think it's it's pretty trashy, Poison Ivy, and there was like three director video sequels and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, Drew Barrymore was in one of those movies. So it all comes full circle. One other thing though, may I just mention quickly, because I, I think I might make your day with this news. Um, oh. Did you know that Drew Barrymore's got like her own talk show coming up? Talk show? Yeah. She's, I think... Given that nobody likes Ellen DeGeneres anymore, I don't know, have you heard but, this on the news?
0: But the, the, the problem is that she's been replaced by James Corden. Ugh. Yeah, I know. Everyone's kind of like, you went from bad to worse. <laughs> you know? like, like, I mean, more power to James Corden. The guy has created an incredible career for himself. But for fuck's sake, can we please just have a late night talk host who can just interview people? I mean, well, Jimmy Kimmel, Jimmy Kimmel is about as close to it as we're going to get. Because you've got Jimmy Fallon doing fucking miming songs and James Corden's doing singing songs with the celebrities in cars. Like, it's all just a fucking gimmick now. Well, that's what, the gimmick. Mean, Back to the days of, what happened to days of Carson and Letterman, who could just sit there and talk to people, and well, that was engaging enough.
2: Well, they don't really have, they don't really sort of watch that anymore. I mean, the audience for those shows, they don't even really watch those shows anymore. Now they're sort of made to be. They're made for stu- YouTube clips. They're made for YouTube clips, essentially. Yeah, exactly. So. Um, it upsets me. <laughs>
0: Old man Dando's not happy about it.
2: <laughs> Welcome to my world, mate. <laughs> you start. You're going to get disgruntled by just about everything from now on. Woo!
0: I'm looking forward to yelling at clouds.
2: <laughs> Don't forget to wear an onion on your belt. <laughs> uh, but I think Drew's show is actually going to be like a daytime talk show. And there's a clip. I'll see if I can find it for you. Mm. Of and they've done a really remarkable job of sort of um, editing or photoshopping. Little Drew from ET era, obviously on some talk show, maybe with Carson or Letterman or whatever. But current Drew is interviewing her, and they've sort of—that's oh, of, cool, yeah. And um, oh, it—it it is honestly the most adorable thing you'll ever see in your life. Well, so, well <laughs> I know that you're already partial to Biz Barrymore, but you'll really enjoy it. But um, yeah, yeah, I was watching, going,
0: oh,
2: I might actually tune in for that. And I'm not as big a Drew Barrymore fan as uh, as you are, Dando. So. It shows that it's clearly, you know, kind of something.
0: Well, I I I'd something to look look forward to after we finish editing tonight. Let's hurry up and finish this. (laughs) Let's wrap this up. (laughs) Um, Actually, before we get into the review, before we actually... This episode here. Now, I mentioned at the end of last week that something happens in this episode that's probably going to make you really dislike a character. And you haven't mentioned it yet. I thought, ah, maybe it didn't bother him as much. But do you walk out of this episode really despising the character of Otto? Um... Yeah, it wasn't cool. He had a great girl who loved him for who he was. You know, she was willing to change for him. And then he just fucked her over on her wedding day in front of everybody and chose music over her. Indeed. And what, poison or cyanide? or Cyanide. (laughs) (laughs) But that that also felt a little bit shoehorned. It's like, how can we get Becky into the episode? It's like, Otto's got a girlfriend. It's like, okay, no worries. Um, it's, it's, It's thrown away very quickly, but... Man, that, that that's something that's you can't come back from. That's a horrible, horrible thing. It is certainly a horrible thing.
2: But I don't think anyone came out of this episode looking all that good. I mean, you get a, you get plenty of arsehole Homer in this episode. Um, well, maybe not plenty, but it's certainly a few instances. And I'm just like, yeah, this is wearing thin. I mean, admittedly, we, it's been sort of a recurring theme in in episodes we've done in season eleven. But yeah, there are a few instances in this episode where it's like yeah dude you're no longer sort of a you know bumbling oaf you're just kind of a dick <laughs> um <Yeah. laughs> but but even were i mean i don't know why this rubbed me the wrong way up up the wrong way so much but you know when homer's changing the oil and actually singing what was he singing it was um oh and bart tried to kill him yeah and bart tried yeah but was kicking the car it's like oh and a two-ton car falling on a man i'm like Fuck is wrong with you?
0: Yeah, I've got I've got that in my notes. I was like, so Bart's willing to murder his father now. Like, that's not just pulling a prank. He's actually trying to kill Homer. Yeah.
2: Now I I know it's The Simpsons. I know it's a cartoon. I know it's all that kind of stuff. But yeah, this was just what the fuck, man. Yeah, yeah.
0: I I I, I wrote my notes when we get to it. Literally say, how does this get past the writers' room? How does not one person in that writers' room go, do we really want to have Bart try to murder Homer? Yeah. but, uh, anyway because we'll, yeah, we'll we'll i mean get there's another that,
2: bit okay. in this there's another bit in the episode that i think the the censors or whoever took him to task where it was you know i think chief Wiggum's given ralph his gun or something and said no no higher higher that's the kill shot i'm like mm. Mm. look i don't i'm actually i don't mind bad taste at all as long as it's in the service of a good joke <laughs> this wasn't a good joke so it was just bad yeah. taste
0: <laughs> just, just a father teaching his son how to kill people. Yeah, Pretty much. <laughs> uh, now, before we get into our favorite moments and the trivia and the new names, we mentioned last week that we've got a big announcement. We have teamed up with our good friends at Disney to promote the fact that Simpsons Season 30 is now streaming on our Disney+. Plus. No ads, all in its original ratio. Simpsons Seasons 1 through 30 now available on Disney+. Plus. So what we're doing, we've teamed up, we've got a giveaway. Uh, so on the Facebook page, you'll see it's our pinned post. And we have been given by Disney an original animation cell from The Simpsons Treehouse of Horror 9. Um, it's when Dr. Nick and Homer are in the, doctor's, uh, in the doctor's room with the hair transplant on the side there. And not only that, not only are you going to get this original animation cell, which is something that I would love to get my hands on. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, we can't enter the contest, Mr. Davis.
2: <gasps> oh, wait, what? Oh. <laughs> I know,
0: right? On top of that, we're also going to be giving away a 12-month subscription for Disney+. Plus. So the way you enter that is go to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Discount, and there's a pinned post at the top of the page, and all you have to do there is like the page and comment on that post, your favorite episode, and why. Uh, entries close this Thursday at 11.59 oh. p.m., and on Friday, we will choose a winner randomly out of all the people who commented, and that person will be sent... A animation sale from season nine, uh, from *Treehouse of Horror* nine, as well as a twelve-month subscription to Disney Plus, courtesy of our incredible new friends at Disney. How great is that, Mister Davis?
2: That is great indeed. And look, I'm not going to predict the uh, the winner's name is actually Di Gavis, but (laughs) it could happen. No, it absolutely not will happen. This is your chance to be a guy (laughs) incognito. No, no, to quote the 70s funk band Hot Chocolate, everyone's a winner, baby, that's no lie, except it is a lie, there's only one winner. But that person is going to be the luckiest (laughs) little boy or girl in the world because, oh my God, animation cell and 12 months of Disney+. And, you know, this is a Simpsons-themed show, of course, so, you know, you've got Simpsons up the wazoo all the way up to season 30, but so much other Disney-slash-Star Wars-slash-Marvel stuff as well
0: it's impossible not to find something you want to watch
2: oh my god it's chock full of stuff i i left it running the other day and just caught a well let's see i think they did age of ultron civil war infinity war and Endgame back to back i was like oh fantastic yeah So (laughs) we're we're, look we're very fortunate that uh we've uh hooked up with the fine folks at disney but i think someone out there is going to be just even more lucky than we are
0: yeah, I, I never thought when we started this podcast a few years ago that I'd be able to say, teaming up with our good friends at Disney. <laughs>
2: <laughs> props, to, props to you, Mr. Dando.
0: But yes, Disney Plus, guys, it is incredible. But yeah, thank you so much to Disney for jumping on board and helping us the chance to uh, to give you this animation sales well the 12-month subscription. They are absolute legends. So like I said, go to the Facebook page. Uh, Like our page and comment on the post, tell us your favourite episode and why, and we'll randomly choose a winner who will receive the animation sale and the 12-month subscription. So do that right now. All right, Mr. Davis, now that's out of the way, we shall discuss our favourite moments. Hey, my favourite! My favourite moment by far was, I know it sounds ridiculous, but Homer's reaction to the arc, the ice cream. (laughs) It's just me whenever Nicola makes risotto. (laughs) Oh what's what's in her risotto, by the way? Uh she puts uh so it's chicken. Chicken is yes. the meat. She puts uh carrot, peas, broccoli, pumpkin, peas. Did I say peas? Uh beans, <laughs> mushroom, a little bit of capsicum, uh and a fuckload of cheese. <laughs> that is
2: an awfully healthy risotto well, minus the fuckload of cheese, but that's an awfully healthy risotto.
0: That- oh, it's full of vegetables. We, every time we do it, we're like, what's another vegetable we can try and fit in here?
2: <laughs> I must admit, yeah, I mean, Homer's reaction to the arc was good. I liked the... the. I don't know if this character has a name. I, it's probably a different person every time, but teenage voice guy. Um, I loved his introduction of the arc or his sort of doing his hype man act for it. I thought, yeah. that, was, I thought that was pretty funny. But yes, Homer's reaction to the arc was... Um, I think... Uh, most of us can relate to something like that. I think we've all got a dish in our lives or something in our lives that sort of makes us just yeah,
0: do it was that. When I when I got the, the one kilo palmy, that was my reaction.
2: Oh, man. One kilo palmy. Was it at the Sphinx or?
0: No, it was at Murphy's, the Irish pub. Oh, in, yeah. In a um, near town there. Yeah. And if you finish the whole thing, you got to you got to have it for free. <laughs> I did not finish it. <laughs> But yeah, that, that scene though that reminded me of um, the piggy scene from Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Oh, of course. Ziggy Piggy. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Now, the, you mentioned squeaky Voice team there. So when Marge throws the, is it, I want to say jimmies, the little like... Squeaky, the jimmies, yeah. They are, yeah, yeah. At the three workers, they are all original designs for squeaky Voice team. Oh, yeah, so before they decided on the one that actually was the one that did the the intro, they were the three other designs that they had for the character that they didn't go with, so they they included them here.
2: There's <laughs> there's a, a, a fair bit of detail in this episode apparently. I mean, um yeah. reportedly, oh, I know we'll get to it when we get to it, but yeah, let's get to it now. The um with the couch gag, um apparently the the uh Korean animators who uh color in the uh the Simpson family when they're on the couch... Are actually based on
0: actual Korean animators of The Simpsons. Yes, yeah, hundred percent. I thought that was a really cool detail. Yeah. I also like the fact that I know we're skipping way ahead. Just one more thing, and then we'll discuss it during the episode. But mm-hmm. when Otto was doing the guitar solo, the they made sure that he was actually animating the way to play the solo.
2: <laughs> yeah, I heard that one. I've, I read that one as well. That's <laughs> a lot. Yeah, a lot of uh, a lot of fine detail in this episode. No, nice work. Yeah, definitely. But, yeah, wish you'd paid more attention to the script, but
0: you know what? Can you do <laughs> from this day forward? Your names will be okay. Before we get into the new names, we need to read out our $20 patrons. We love you guys Mr. Jordan, Moleman, Richie, Nick Barbaro, Andrew Zer. Christopher Darby, Chris Melion, Will Manthorpe, Ben Smith, Noah Lucas Lucasiewicz, Matt Thompson, Mark Boston Burgess, Alex Rodriguez, and Tom Pickering. You guys are all champions. Don't forget, if you are a $20 patron for three months or more, I'll be sending you an official Stonecutters ring as well as an extra bonus goodie, which you'll find out once you receive it in the mail. Also, shout-outs to our new $5 plus patrons, Jackson Stefanovsky and Neil Parks. Thank you so much, guys. Also, so new names for our Twitter feed. Posted on Twitter asking for new names. You guys won't go into the draw but if you follow us on twitter at four Finger pod you can get your name right out in the show if i think your title is worth it so what do we got here we've got uh marriage becky up and another one we've got here we didn't get many this week and as well as uh Otto Becky Split Okay, so that comes from at Supernova Dragon. But don't forget, guys, follow us on Twitter at 4 Finger Pod. I'll be posting on there during the week, asking for the new names. And even if you're not a patient, you can get your name read out on the show. So thank you, Supernova Dragon, for contributing those. Now, Mr. Davis, it's time for the leaderboard. Uh, we have in third position Andrew Parker on 12 points. Mm-hmm. In second position, it is D.L. Gorman on 19 points. And still atop the hill it is number 1 Garode Harrowhill on 20 points.
2: Dun, dun, dun. Now i i
0: was i hadn't
2: uh, quite remembered the placements on the leaderboard when i was putting together this week's 321 so one uh, i i may have uh, you know set the cat amongst the pigeons with uh, with what comes ahead so stay tuned folks um, look as always a few, uh, few honourable mentions before we get to, uh, yes, the gold, silver and bronze um, titles. But uh, wh- what have we got here? Let's see. Um, da, da, da. Uh, Pat Wright uh, gave us a force to be beckoned with, which I quite liked. Uh, Owen Holland also with uh, Beckless in Dogement. Our man Gear, a little spoiler here, he falls just outside the top three this, this time around. Despite having a couple of good ones like Wives Out and auto Erotic Fixing <laughs> Fixation, <laughs> which uh, which I quite liked also, and um, the name that uh, that Dando likes to say Jimmy Faruja, um, had Homer Wrecker. Oh, that's good. I thought that wasn't too bad. That wasn't too yeah. bad. Now we get to the three, two, ones though, and in something that may be unprecedented, unless my uh, well, maybe it's not. We actually have. A tie for one point. So both these people get a point each. Okay. I'm making the rules here. I think that works. It, um, it works.
0: <laughs> yeah. okay. okay.
2: But uh Daniel Kotnick is uh, gets one point for
0: to usurp with love. Daniel Kotnick, you're on the board. You've now got the chance to uh to win that wildcard prize.
2: Uh-huh. Yeah. I am I I not say I'm looking out specially for Daniel Kotnick here, but I thought oh, it'd be interesting to throw a few new names into the mix, particularly after you um Made your announcement last week about you know if you're on the leaderboard you get a chance for a prize so mm. D, D- Kotnik's in there with to usurp with love because there was such a you know frequent yeah
0: use of usurper in this episode yeah they that, loved that word didn't they they thought it was they hilarious and they you hear it now and it's like I guess it's funny but it's probably one of those moments where the the writers were just in one of those moods where anything sounded funny they're like oh that's hilarious and then it's left it in no, but probably, they probably it was a bit of an overkill by the end
2: yeah I mean you can only go back to you know. Uh, Sideshow Bob stepping on the rakes so many times. (laughs) You know, repetition is not always your friend. Repetition is not always your friend. Repetition is not always your friend. Uh, The other one point goes to Mark Boston Burgess.
0: Ooh, the old Boston burger. What's he got? The old Boston bun with achy Becky Hart. Ooh, achy. I like it. See, achy... Uh, this is going to sound really bad, but Ake You Your Heart was my favourite song when I was like six.
2: It was pretty damn catchy. And of course, you I were...
0: fucking loved that song.
2: And you were six years old.
0: Yes. <laughs> and I had a giant mullet. <laughs> I can just picture you as a six year old with a mullet <laughs> who, who, who line danced. Oh my God. You i would been... do you know, that's, I'll say, I mentioned last week, like that's how I got my gig, first gig in radio. I used to DJ on the country radio station when I was like seven. Oh my God, really? Yeah, they I, I, what happened was that my nan Marlene, who's passed recently, she loved listening It was 89.1 Country FM, Geelong station, right? Mm-hmm. And there was these two guys who used to broadcast every Saturday night called Mel and Michael. And I used to love staying at nan's place to listen to them. It was my it was my first sort of introduction to listening to hosts on the radio as opposed to just music. I was like, "Oh, these guys are doing a show. Like it's it's not just them playing songs, it's yeah. a bit of banter and I used to I used to come go to Nan's place every Saturday night just so I can listen to Mel and Michael on eighty nine point one, and then one day I wrote a letter and Nan posted it for me into the into the station, and they loved it so much that they invited me in, and then I went in there and I made such a good impression that they got me in there regularly and I became oh. like the mascot for the station.
2: Oh. I'm Bri- I'm Brendan Dando and welcome to ninety one point one Country FM. Yeah. 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 Oh.
0: My, my name had tapes somewhere I tried to find them when we were um, taking all the stuff out of a house. we couldn't find them, but there was tapes of me on the radio fucking, yeah, <laughs> I wish I still had them, but yeah when I was about it would have been about seven or eight, yeah, it was crazy, but yeah, country Fm so I don't not necessarily a big fan of country music, my family love it, but I'm not a big fan, but hmm. yeah nine point one country Fm was Dando's first introduction to radio
2: oh, that is just absolutely charming it is. <laughs>
0: I don't know how we got to that story, but anyway, Aiky <laughs> <laughs> Becky Heart is is the... Aiky Becky Heart. That's right. Yeah. So yeah. basically, yeah. So I used to go to there. They used to do a monthly line dancing thing, and that's where I used to do line dancing because of that radio station.
2: <laughs> We've got to find some video of you with your with your little mullet and your boots on doing oh, the doing the scoop.
0: So, yeah, I used to do this song called the Thunderbolt. That was my thing. I was really I was the only kid that could do the Thunderbolt line dance. Anyway, <laughs> enough of that. <laughs>
2: That's your new nickname as far as I'm concerned. You are Brendan Thunderbolt. Thunderbolt Dando. <laughs> two, um, yeah. two. Two points.
0: Two DL Gorman. Ooh, shit. The cat is amongst the pigeons.
2: Yeah, you're Batman. Um <laughs> Now DL had uh one or two. Well, he had a few uh he had a couple of, uh, of new titles. Margin of Error was one, but um, mm-hmm. he gets the two points primarily for Marge Madness. Ooh, yeah, it's good. It's not a bad one, is it? It's a, it's a, it's it a good, catchy bro- title. I think I think yeah. it's probably better than It's a Mad, 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 Mad Marge.
0: But, yeah. Marge Madness, it is, yeah, it actually is. Especially think- if it's had it an Ed in March, March but it didn't. But anyway. Anyway, anyway.
2: So it's a good you- title. Hmm. But, uh, you know... At, on the very tip-top of the mountain with the with three points is Alistair. Alistair, Alistair, Alistair. Dan, 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 Dan. Knock, 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 knock. Alistair Danek!
0: <laughs> you have created some sort of trouble here because you know what that means? What does that mean? That means that Alistair is now tied for third position. Oh. With Andrew Parker. Oh,
2: it's going to be so interesting next week. <laughs> <laughs> but I what, mean, what,
0: they what? can't win, but we do have prizes for first, second, and third, as well as the wild card. So. Ooh. What was oh, Alice's title? I,
2: I hear you not ask. It was insane in the mom
0: brain. That's the one that I really liked. I really I thought that might win it. It was good.
2: It's a pretty good one, isn't it? So yeah. I think Alice has earned his three points and his uh spot in uh, equal third position.
0: Yes, a hundred percent. I remember reading that one going, If this doesn't win, it's bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> if it doesn't I'm win, glad. Mitch is coming back. <laughs> Oh, wow. So, the leaderboard's all out of whack now. So, the current standings tied for third position. Andrew Parker and Alice Sadanik on 12 points. In second position, for the first time for the whole thing, I think, is Garode Harrihill on 20 points. And number one is D.L. Gorman on 21. Holy Christmas.
2: Oh, oh I, feel, I feel like gear's going to track me down and, like, give me a bollocking. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right, what's this one? <laughs> G- Garrod and D.L. battling out for first position next week. Oof oh truly a clash of the titans let's let's see let's see turns out neither of them get a point next week (laughs) (laughs) but there's we have so many patrons in that group guys keep contributing because uh, if you get your name on that leaderboard, like I said, and you're not in first, second or third, you will go into the draw for a wildcard prize as well. I just randomly decided that. I think it was last week or the week before. So keep sending your, your entries in. And also keep sending your entries in on Twitter. If you're not a patron, at FourFingerPod, make sure you follow us. Mr. Davis is going to be updating that every three hours, he tells me, but I uh, I beg to differ. <laughs> Um, but yes, we're going to be posting regularly on the Twitter as well So at 4FingerPod As well as follow us on Instagram at 4 finger Discount. But now it's time for some trivia
2: Next question You there, eating the paste
0: All righty, Mr. Davis, kick it off for us Okay, I only have four questions this time around I'm That's sorry. fine I only I'm had four last week
2: That's <laughs> true, yeah <laughs> Okay
0: um, Where does Becky work? Oh, that's one of my questions There we go That writes one of mine out So she works at The Crazy Kraut
2: she does work at the Crazy Crowd. Okay, yes. well, if if this isn't one of your questions, then maybe I can sort of make up for that. Oh, actually, no, that's, that's no, no,
0: fine. Now we both have four. It's all right. Oh, okay, then cool. Um, worked out well. Okay. I, I've got to ask. The, I've got to ask the next one. I'll ask the next one. So, oh, okay, uh, fine. What <laughs> what class? What class was removed in order to purchase cameras?
2: Ah, geography.
0: Geography, yes, that yes. uh, globe will never spin again.
2: <laughs> um, how much did a bottle of water cost at Woodstock '99?
0: That is eight dollars. It is indeed. Oh. This, that, that reference made so much more sense to me because I recently, when we're doing our um, our review on uh, "Kill the Alligator and Run," and they talked about Kid Rock. I looked up Kid Rock, that "Bubba to Bubba da Bubba" da song. I wanted to mm. hear him sing it live, and it had a live performance from Woodstock '99. And then I did some research and we'll stop 99, and it was a shitstorm. It, it was wasn't just like a disaster.
2: Absolute dumpster fire, apparently. Which, I mean, yeah, I remember reading about it back in 99 and thinking, oh, well, before it happened, I was like, oh, well, you know, oh, this is an interesting way to sort of update the summer of love and all that kind of stuff. And here we are entering into a new millennium. Wow, this could be a new phase for art and culture and entertainment. And instead, no, it was just a bunch of roided up bros getting pissed and... And breaking and stuff. In their own shit. <laughs> pretty much, yeah. I mean, uh, I don't know if Limp Biscuit was around at that stage, but um, their song. I'm was... Pretty
0: sure Limp Bizkit performed there. I'm yeah. pretty sure they did.
2: Their song was "Break Stuff," right? Because I think that was basically the anthem of Woodstock '99. Break stuff.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it was just it was just right central for sure. Indeed. Um, but yeah, eight bucks for water. <laughs> Not much yes. has changed. What does Otto call sex? Oh. What does he refer to their lovemaking as?
2: I was going to say a ride on the matrimony pony.
0: No, so that's what he says when he's talking to Bart. He calls yes. it uh, the headbanger's ball. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Not
2: inaccurate. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Next question. Uh, what have we got here? Uh, how many uh, tips for brides are in Obsessive Bride magazine? Ooh.
0: Was it 900? It was indeed, and they were all don'ts. Yes, all don'ts. I thought the animation was really weird when Marge says "don'ts" in that scene. It's always just because she. I feel like they animated her to say something else. And they must have changed the line at the last minute because she kind of looks like she's saying the word "don'ts," but her eyes are closed when she says it. It's just go back and watch it, guys. When she says "all don'ts," it just looks really strange. Anyway, maybe I'm just yeah. maybe I'm seeing something that's not there. Don't 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 make me watch this episode again, Dando, please. Oh, come on, man, it's good. <laughs> uh, uh, who who could Otto have hired for three hundred dollars? Oh. To be the uh, the minister at their wedding. Oh, Rick
2: D's. Rick Dees, Yes. Mm. <laughs> when uh, when Mo is uh, leaving the short lived wedding uh, with um, <laughs> with some presents. How many is he taking with him? How many did he? Well, yes. How many presents does Mo have?
0: Ring pillow and seven presents that he brought. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that is right. And then a mouthful of uh, mouthful of prawns or shrimp
0: or whatever. Yeah, mouthful of shrimp, yeah. Ugh. Head to tail. Um, where's my sauce? <laughs> Final question is, where did Brockman broadcast from when he was doing the story about Marge? Oh, it was Juggernauts. Juggernauts,
2: correct. And like T-shirt l- month. As much as I'm a, a fan of, you know, Hooters-esque restaurants. T-shirts. I've never actually, and yeah, I've never actually been to one. But you know, I, I applaud the fact that they exist and provide employment for young ladies. Um, it felt like another one of those. Just, what's the point of this gag?
0: <laughs> yeah, I guess it was kind of. Maybe I'm
2: just in a really sort of. Am I just grumpy today? Am I prudish? I mean, I think
0: I think, I think old man, old man Davis needs to sleep by the sounds of it. <laughs> Oh, Do you man. want to go have a nap? We'll, we'll, we'll finish this tomorrow.
2: Yeah, let's just give me a, a, a cup of warm milk and and and, and Betty buyers. I think. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Did you
0: take your pills this afternoon?
2: <laughs> no, unfortunately.
0: Turns out it was just a clear blue sky outside. Cause this guy went outside to get all his frustration out. The clouds. There was just no clouds in the sky, so he's taking <laughs> it out in this episode. <laughs> oh well, well, I enjoyed this episode nonetheless.
2: Okay. Oh, look, I feel terrible. I mean, I don't want to be sort of you know. Sledging it all the way through, and I'll do my best not to. You just complained about wet t-shirts. Yeah, that's true.
0: What is... (laughs) Something's very, very wrong here. (laughs) Oh, man. Anyway, you are Guy Davis, right? I did call the right number. (laughs) The original air date was May 14th in the year 2000. The chalkboard gag is, I cannot hire a substitute student. And the couch gag was the one that Mr. Davis mentioned before, where the family are all just... Uh, white, they're all empty, and the Korean animators all race in and colour them in, um, and they were based on actual Korean animators, which I thought was very, very cool, like you said. Mm. Uh, The episode kicks off with all the kids at school, and they've all got their cameras. I did appreciate the little Blair Witch mention we got here again.
2: That's the second Blair Witch shout-out in two episodes. Mm. Yeah,
0: Yeah, it must have been very popular at the time, obviously. Clearly. this, This would have been made during 99, which is when the movie came out, so...
2: And it was the it was the subject on all lips at that stage, yes. Blair Witch was very big in 99.
0: I believe, like, I can imagine, I should say that, because I mean, I was still a, a child at that point, but I can imagine, you know, every year 12 media studies student would have been making Blair Witch movies that year.
2: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, I think it was made for something like 60 grand
0: or something, and made. Yeah, it was very little. In, yeah, an incredible amount of money. Funny, it was like um, the 90s. It was, it was the 90s um, like our but Paranormal Activity was like the modern day version of Blair Witch, made for fuck all money, but made a lot.
2: Yeah, and made a fuck ton of money. Absolutely, yeah. There was apparently someone pointed this out to me on Facebook the other day. There was an interview with like Bruce Willis back in '94 or something when Pop Fiction came out. And he said, "Look, five years from now, someone's going to make a home movie for like sixty grand or whatever, and it'll make a hundred million dollars. And then five years later." The Blair Witch Project gets made for $60,000 and makes... I don't think it made $100 million, but it certainly
0: made no, a no, lot no, of no, money. It, so I'm, I'm looking up here. The, the budget, it says here on the wiki page, was two to 500000 But oh, the okay. box office was $248 million.
2: Oh, good Lord.
0: So they literally made, made for less than half a million and made 248 of them. Holy ah. Christmas. <laughs> How much do you reckon that cast got paid? Oh, probably Magic Beans. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, they just left them out in the forest. <laughs> oh man, um, yeah. I still have to uh, go back and watch it. We did mention it, but yeah, I'm gonna to we
2: too. Yeah, it. we. And I don't think either has got around to it, but yeah, maybe maybe tonight. After who knows? Uh, one thing I did notice. Well, it's hard not to notice, but um, yeah, a little kid drops his camera and says, "Doe." Did he really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, he does say "Doe." You're right, of course. Yeah. No,
0: and not one of our sort of familiar faces either. I mean, it's no, like, little blonde kid with glasses, right? Yeah, I don't know who who that kid was. How, by the way, I've got here in my notes. How great would it have been to have been in primary school just given a camera to go make a fucking video? It would have been oh, the best. That would have been so cool. Oh, I man, it would have been dope. Like just <laughs> your own video camera to go just film shit because I, I don't know when I was I like, what, about year eight, year nine and it's when we first started doing proper media studies classes and, you know, the the, the task was to make a little five-minute video, scary movie or something. And there's just that, that thrill and that sensation of having a camera in your hand and like we went down to the river with a couple of my mates, and you don't even know what you're gonna film, but you just like the the excitement of the unknown was just so cool. It's like you're making a movie, you know? Mm. Invent yeah, but inventing something in real time, it's marvelous. Yeah. All the kids now have their cameras. Nelson is filming Millhouse, punching himself. Then Bart is annoying Lisa, and she reveals that Bart sleeps with Raggedy Ann. Then we got <laughs> Otto here. So do you Bart- sleep with Raggedy but- Ann or Raggedy Andy? Andy is it Raggedy Andy? Okay. Yeah, because
2: they were they were those the ginger twins basically. The oh, okay. Andy, Do we
0: have? Was there a male equivalent? Was there? Oh, yeah. There that. was Raggedy Andy. Yeah. Okay. Okay, I wasn't aware. So, but but it's basically the only. That's that's actually an element to this story that I feel that we didn't get enough of. So they tease it at the start that the kids are going to be uh, you know filming their own videos. I feel like that could almost be an episode in itself. All the kids of Springfield making their own home movies, don't you? Yeah, right? yeah. Well, like that, uh, like the film festival episode or something. Hundred percent. Yeah, but it's the kids making movies. I think it would have been cool. Uh, so Bart goes up to, to Otto, he's talking to him. I'm not sure what Bart was actually filming, but that's the beauty of it, because when you were a kid, as I said, you didn't really have a game plan, you just had the camera on and you're just hoping to capture something. Oh yeah. So he's just, you know, he's just interviewing Otto and he asks him the question about the red traffic. No time for brain teasers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's revealed here that Otto has his girlfriend and he's going to ask her to marry him. Then we get the, uh, the flashback to Woodstock and Otto's on fire and I read that that was meant to be a reference to the fact that a lot of people caught fire <laughs> and there's lots of fires at uh, at at Woodstock um in ninety nine. Then he goes to the drive-thru to propose to Becky. Okay, this is it. Otto Every rose has its thing. Just like every cowboy sings the same say its
1: song. Becky you're my rose.
2: Will you let me be your thorn?
1: Oh, Otto, of course my answer is... Who?
2: wait, 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 wait. This soda is kick-ass.
0: Honey, could you turn it down? Okay, but this better be worth it. Yes, I will marry you. Cool. Mm-hmm. And I know you said this episode isn't great, but to me... I just feel this is a really sweet moment when he pulls a ring out that, you know, Poison Song is playing in the background every says of the storm and the kids are just watching. The kids, the way the anime look, they're genuinely excited. They're like, oh, oh my yeah. God, Otto's going to get married. This is so cool, you know? <laughs> I did like all the lights on the bus going on, the stop signs flapping in and out. That was... A- yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was actually pretty cute. I thought it was a really, really nice moment. And by the way, Otto batting way above his average. Oh, certainly yes. <laughs> I mean... Um- Yes, Becky. Oh, she's, is- like, she's like the perfect chick. <laughs> obviously <laughs> obviously they, they ruined they ruined it at the end with her saying she was going to kill Marge. But if you ignore that final bullshit line at the end, well, she's like the ultimate person. <laughs> hey, to quote those modern day poets poison, every
2: rose has its thorn, man. <laughs> <laughs> that, I, mean, I also
0: I was- did I also did like that um he he snuck that in there. Um, you are my rose. Will you let me be your thorn? I thought it was a good line. <laughs> I was just glad that poison got a shout out, and this mainly because um, the lovely Louise and I
2: um, have been watching uh, old episodes of Rock of Love. Do you know oh the show? God, oh my God! You've been watching reruns of that? Oh yeah. Well, I think it's on. Um, it's on the Foxtel somewhere.
0: Oh, I, I know it's there. My <laughs> my sister used to watch that and the Bam Margera one. Oh, I haven't watched the Bam one. Although
2: I did watch yeah, some okay. Club CK Club. CKY the other night. That's okay. very that's very
0: early 2000s that show. But CKY was basically pre-Jackass, right? Um, I think it was post-Jackass. Oh, really? I thought CKY was what of Jackass. Oh, maybe it was.
2: Jackass. Oh, maybe it was. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're probably right. But uh, but enough about that. But yeah, now I've been watching a bit yeah. of Rock of Love and um oh, yeah, that's a well, we only watched we've watched most of season 1. And oh, that's a sketchy program. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, they tried to get Michaels to um to sing for the for the cover band. Yeah, that's right. Did he uh, did um, he want too much money or just didn't want to be part of it? Didn't want to. I'm not sure how, why they didn't get him. Um, but yeah, I just know he didn't. It would have been good to have him performing as a cover band for Poison. it would have been hilarious. That would have been actually pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's why he didn't do it because he wasn't playing himself. Who knows? Mm. Unless they could have also been possibly taking the piss out of Axl Rose and having him front a cover band, because that's essentially what Guns N' Roses was by that point, just Axl Rose and friends. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, she, so Becky's accepted his proposal, and Marge has mm-hmm. read in the invitation. I didn't get why they had Homer playing the knife game here. It serves absolutely no purpose.
2: No, but I mean, I'm a big I'm a big fan of that game, and I, always, I think it always adds something when it's in a movie or a TV show or something. It's a good way to sort of establish... Macho Bona Fides or just, you know, don't give a fuck kind of attitude. I mean like in aliens. I reckon it's always great in aliens when they have it. And then um what's his name? Bishop the the android puts his hand over Bill Paxton's and you know does it at like triple the speed and Bill Paxton's going, Whoa, no way, man. I oh, know. <laughs> it's one of my it's one of my favourite scenes. Um pa- I and Paxton, I think I probably Paxton actually so good in that. I probably actually played it a bit, that knife game. And I've probably messed up, you know. One or two
0: of my fingers doing so, because I don't well, think I was well, all that good well, at it. you played it properly, as in, started oh. really fast.
2: Well, not super fast, but I mean, I tried to, you
0: know, I tried to
2: do it as best I could.
0: Why? I don't
2: know. Shits you need giggles? your
0: fingers to type articles.
2: <laughs> I'm not saying I did this recently. I'm saying I did this like back in the 80s, when I was a oh. kid. <laughs> okay,
0: good. But I just thought here, I, don't, I get what you're saying. But yes, but at least no, it served I, some why, sort of why Homer's doing alien. it, I have no idea. No, you're Yeah, you're, yeah, at least it served a purpose in aliens. Here, there's no payoff. It's just Homer stabs himself and then that's it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but what happens here, Marge realizes that the wedding is going to be at their house because Bart is off at their house. And we had, I did like the little back reference to Apu's wedding, all the stuff still being left out in the backyard. We then cut to the wedding. Everyone's parking at the front. Marge is preparing. We get a little mention about... Now, is this true that rice kills birds? Is that actually a thing?
2: I don't know if that is actually the reason, but I do know that uh, yeah, people have stopped throwing rice at weddings. They've also stopped throwing confetti at weddings, apparently.
0: Okay, is that just because it's polluting the world? Because it's, it's messy? Yeah. Yes, yeah. yeah, definitely. Same with balloons. You should never let balloons go. Really? Why not? No, well, I learnt this at the Heelsville Sanctuary. So... Many people let balloons go at a funeral or whatnot mm-hmm. and what happens is the balloons so basically what happens is they pop eventually they fall, they fall to the ground, they get into the rivers and so many platypuses die as a result of the little rings. they get their feet caught in the oh. balloons and they die. yeah so you should never ever let a balloon go because that balloon will end up in a river somewhere and kill an animal. and platypuses are one of the, the main species that get um, that suffer as a result of balloons being released into the into the air.
2: Oh, that was a very good public service announcement, Dando. Yes, yeah, I, will, I, will never, I will never go. let
0: go of another balloon as long as I live. No, every time you let a balloon go, you're killing a baby platypus. So don't yeah, do so it.
2: if you see some happy child on the street with a balloon, like a helium balloon pop that's it. floating, pop it. You know. Pop it immediately. Or yeah, steal, exactly. it
0: and pop, steal it and then give it to your own child and then pop it.
2: Indeed. <laughs> that kid's going to cry, but you know what? They'll thank you in the long run.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're <laughs> crying, but I'd rather your tears than a dead baby platypus. Absolutely. <laughs> Otto's, parent, Otto's parents arrive to the wedding very briefly. Now, I'm not sure whether he was meant to be the same character, but he was designed the exact same way as the like the Navy officer, the Navy sergeant or whatever from the episode where Homer joins the Navy. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, so the, well, the one that gets fired out of the torpedo, uh, as a torpedo, and he hits the other submarine... But he was this character. the, the, the um, I'm not sure whether he actually sounded the same or whether he was meant to be the same person, but he he looked the same. I think they've got a bit uh, of a stock design for authority figures in The Simpsons. Mm, yeah. So Patty and Sam are then talking to Lisa about how men are all pigs <laughs> and the bitterness is strong with this one. I always appreciate when they get a Star Wars reference in there. True. <laughs> also, this part here where Bart's filming Skinner peeing, another scene that didn't really go anywhere. It was just... No. And whatever. You know,
2: that whole, you know, you don't seem to be trying very hard. It's like, man... Yeah. Is that is that a joke? That's it?
0: Yeah. That's, that's meant to be the thing? Okay, fair that's enough. The that's the bit. Okay, yeah. fine. <laughs> Homer, this was great though. Homer, I love the score and everything when he pulls out his secret straw. <laughs> oh, yeah, the, the sort of the Bond theme. Yeah, it's a pretty neat yeah. <laughs> sort of cake slurping device
2: that he's got. It's, a, it's good. And, uh, and the fact that it comes, he's got a little monogram box for it, I thought that was marvellous.
0: Yeah, yeah. And then he's all proud that he sucked it all out just as he walks <laughs> off the cake, the cake falls apart. <laughs> Marge is with Becky, and she's just trying to sort of just calm her down, as if to say, you know, like, relax her, basically. It's going to be fine. It's going to be good. Here's some tips from this magazine. And this is where Becky reveals to Marge that she doesn't, in fact, like heavy metal music, oh. which is going to be a big issue if you're going to be marrying Otto, isn't it? Oh Well, it's kind of
2: Otto's, um, it's the core of his personality. It's pretty mm, much yeah. it. Uh,
0: it'd be like if someone's, you know, if uh, the love of Louise secretly didn't like 90 Day Fiance, what would, what would you do if she found out if you found out, like to say next week, she goes, I'm "Gonna be honest, I'm not actually a big fan of the show. I'll just watch it because you like it." But the thing of it is, would, she would that, turned would me on. Would, would that change the fabrication of your of your episode
2: of your I, um relationship? I'm. It would certainly uh, send some uh,
0: send some ripples through it. Absolutely. I mean, uh, <laughs> even though it mean, makes that would be some sort of cat amongst a cage of pigeons. Oh my goodness! Yes.
2: Hmm. Oh. I... Oh, I don't even want to speculate about that, Dan. Oh, it gives me a chill up my spine to even think about it. Mainly... Oh, if, the, if that... Um, yes, that, that beautiful sort of binding thing that we have of paying out on the clueless couples on 90 Day was just turned out to be a lie. Oh, no.
0: She was, she was faking it the whole time. Oh!
2: Oh, I'm, I'm actually I'm actually pulling that Ralph Wiggum heartbreak face at the moment.
0: Yeah, <laughs> do not you reckon that sounds like a Seinfeld script? She was faking it, but they actually she. But when they're referring to a girlfriend pretending to like another show or another That's, movie, yeah, yeah, <laughs> she was I, faking it, faking it, <laughs> faking it. <laughs> so getting back to our, anyway, getting back to Becky revealing she doesn't like heavy metal music. Marge just says, you know, just you just got to nag, just persist with the nagging, and it eventually works. We're now at the ceremony. Lovejoy's asking for his payment. And then we get the uh, cyanide.
1: You got poison to play at our wedding? Cyanide, a loving tribute to poison. We need a ride home! You expect me to walk down the aisle to a monster ballad? Let me talk to Otto.
0: Well, that's okay. I guess this is sort of our song.
1: Well, it doesn't have to be. Otto's just going to have to decide what's more important. Is heavy metal or you?
0: I do like that song. Every- Nothing but a good, good time. time. How good.
2: <laughs> can I resist?
0: Oh yeah, uh, it's it may, it's understandable though why Becky would not want to walk down the aisle to that song. though. <laughs> <laughs> Marge says that Otto has to choose uh, between his heavy metal music or Becky. Cuts to Otto and Cyanide driving off in the. Uh, who was driving, by the way? Because wasn't Otto playing and jamming it on the bus?
2: Yeah, no, I oh I missed that part. That- you, you probably anyway, could have asked that in the questions and, and won because I did not know.
0: Yeah, but um, here I was just like, man, this is like, what a fucking douchebag. Like, Becky's like the ultimate girl, man. You are batting well, 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 well above your average and you've gone and done that. Oh, well. This crush you have on Becky is, is, is quite interesting. Hmm. Mm, I think I, if you had to have a crush on an animated character, who would it be? Um, Jessica Rabbit? Mm, she, look, she's good, but
2: she's a l- <laughs> I'd be, she's above my pay grade. I'm probably Velma. (laughs) Yeah, okay. Velma from Scooby-Doo, although apparently she's gay. Um, Since when? Apparently, um, I don't know, I think I read some article the other, oh, maybe in the movies. I think James Gunn, who wrote the Scooby-Doo movies, wrote her as gay.
0: Okay, fair enough. And then someone
2: else in some Scooby-Doo thing said, yeah, pretty sure Velma likes the ladies. Anyway,
0: Okay, that's, there you go. That,
2: that's something we have in common. Um, Betty Rubble, perhaps.
0: Yeah, she's she's very wholesome, isn't she?
2: She is wholesome, but uh, I don't know. I, no, I actually don't want to speculate about it, what Barney and Betty get up to after Lights
0: Out. <laughs> <laughs> How great was this next line from Homer? In about 15 minutes, I take off that dress. You're going to look really crazy. crazy. <laughs> Uh, we come back from commercial. This is where Mo is stealing the presents. Not, he's not stealing because he brought those presents anyway, didn't he? Of
2: course he did. I mean, why would you? I I trust Mo implicitly.
0: Yeah, exactly. Then we get Bart suggesting to Becky that she should stay with them. So this is uh, once you've seen the whole episode, it sort of makes sense here. It's plain to see where Marge is like doesn't want Becky there in the first place. But mm. um, but because as Homer says, and haven't we had a talk about you ruining people's weddings? <laughs> <laughs> Um, So Becky is now going to move in with The Simpsons. Homer, is. this is where we get the scene that we mentioned earlier that's just really in poor taste. Bart trying to kill Homer for the sake of his school video. It's just Mm. silly. It is good, though, Homer's rendition of Changes. I did like it. (laughs) Don't want to be an oily man. (laughs) Don't want to be an oily man. (laughs) Marge and Becky are then cooking.
1: Now Lisa's going through this phase where she doesn't eat any meat. So I usually sneak a little meat juice into her vegetables. Wow, you're a
0: real-life Martha Stewart. I mean without the evil. May I?
1: Mmm, yummers. Nobody's ever called my gravy yummers before. Mmm, you know what'd be really nuts? A little rosemary. Ooh, ooh, I've always wanted to use rosemary in something.
0: I don't know what it is, but I really did like the delivery of mmm, yummers. Yummers! (laughs)
2: I just, I, I liked uh, Marge's enthusiasm that she'd always wanted to use rosemary in something. And yes, that's
0: what I've got that here as well. I was like, I love the enthusiasm of their cooking here.
2: Yeah, I mean, first of all, rosemary is a tremendous herb to add to, um, yes, potatoes, lamb, All manner of things. Try rosemary today, kids. Um, But um, yeah, that just seemed like oh, they're a nice team. These two. I mean, they've you know, they both just want the best for the People they're going to serve their food up to, it will seem very nice, and then of course everything goes haywire after that.
0: It was just i was good to hear, It was just nice to see Marge have some sort of friend because we don't get enough of it anymore at all. We don't really. Marge never do we? Marge never has friends, and it's openly discussed in poked fun at that Marge has no life, and it's like, yeah, mm. no, it's, it's 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 all right for an occasional gag, but it's actually true now. You never see her with friends anymore, and it's really sad. <laughs> it is kind of yeah. The more you think about it, it's like well
2: yeah, I mean. Homer's got, you know, Lenny and Carl and, and Mo of course. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you can't, off the top of your head, sort of think of
0: Marge's friends, if she has any. No, she has none at all. And the family don't even respect her anymore. I mean, this episode sort of emphasises that, that you know, she, Lisa's doing, playing the sax and painting with Becky, mm. and Marge is doing the washing. And as you, you should be well aware, that if you have somebody like, <clears throat> for example, sorry, for example here, Nicola, she does the majority of the washing and it's a thankless job, but I always make sure to thank her for doing it because it's a pain in the ass doing oh, your yeah. washing. And like just little things like that, like Nicola keeps this house in check and Marge keeps the Simpsons house in check. And I don't think they show enough uh, support from the family of what she does around the house. It's more, it's more of a, the butt of jokes as opposed to actually being respected.
2: Indeed. Lift your game, Simpsons clan.
0: Exactly right. Yes, let's go back in time and tell these two thousand riders to fucking <laughs> pull their finger out. The family all loving the food. Um, something a bit different because you can imagine over the years, Marge has just figured out something that the family likes because they're very very fussy eaters, and she probably just does the same thing over and over again. So she's almost been too scared to try something different because they're one of those families where you know you try something different and they don't like it, and it'll be all hell to pay. But uh, they really like the food but Marge well, is a little bit jealous because she realises that all the things that they like are new changes that Becky has brought in.
2: Yeah. Well, it, it's reminding me, there's an episode of a show that I really like called Freaks and Geeks. I, I, mm, yeah, great show. Yeah, where um, the mother of the family, are, oh, now I'm, I'm guilty of all this because I've forgotten her name, but uh, she reads her daughter's diary, and the daughter is basically going through that whole teenage thing about, oh, my mom's such a... Uh, boring suburbanite, you know, same thing every Wednesday night, blah, 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 blah. And the mother decides to sort of, you know, shake shake it up a bit. She finds a new recipe for something, you know, vaguely exotic, something for, you know, exotic for middle America in the 80s or whatever. And everyone sort of not makes fun of her, but they make fun of, you know, it's Taco Tuesday. You know, <laughs> Why have we got, you know, quail or something like that? And they're not specifically having a go at her. But they're sort of they're not paying due respect to the to the effort that she's made. And Do you mean Jean? Jean. That sounds about right. Yeah. And I I mean I remember watching the episode and thinking this is a little bit heartbreaking, really. <laughs> I mean admittedly everyone's sort of reconciled by the end of the episode. It's very nice because I think the husband has a he makes a very nice not speech to his wife, but he sort of says I like certain things because I like certain things, and I love you because I love you, and it's like, oh, that's it's a very sweet thing to say. Um, yeah, yeah. But anyway, so that's a bit of a sidetrack, but um, yes, that that episode, a, a rough. I think that was around two thousand. Well, so roughly the same time as this, showed how to yeah you know, show proper respect to, yes, wives and mothers and homemakers and all that kind of business. The Simpsons, however, did not. Not in this episode.
0: But maybe because we're going back reflecting twenty years after this ad, maybe it stands out more that the housewife isn't getting respect, but maybe you know in two thousand it was just still an easy go to you no know, possibly plot or joke you know
2: maybe i I'm not a hundred percent on that, but um
0: it's it's a bit i'm just trying I'm just trying to give them an out that's all <laughs> okay Dana's going give some slack pay pay attention simpsons guys i've got I've got here. Homer basically climaxing over potato skins? Question mark. <laughs> it did sound very. Oh. oh my god!
2: But I do. <laughs> I mean, I I don't when I'm making mash. I don't. Uh, I don't peel the spuds.
0: Really? No. Oh, okay. I've, my mum always peeled them, so I've never. I don't think I've ever eaten mashed potato with the skins. can say I don't like it because I don't think I've ever tried it. Give it a try next time. You you I mean, too. I, like wed- I do like wedges with skins on. Let's thing. You you
2: too may make the Homer sound of. Whoa. <laughs>
0: Nicola's like what are you doing in there <laughs> save it for later yeah yes Becky uh, is kicking Bart, or it looks like that from outside the window but really they're just filming some jacket moves for the project but Marge is still not happy this is basically where things start spiraling out of control when Marge starts getting real jealous mm. uh, she's doing the painting with Lisa so she's playing to her music and she's no, no she's painting to her music and Lisa's playing to her painting okay. and we get Lisa here and it is kind of it's mean but I don't think she was mean, meaning it this way she goes isn't it nice to have a hip female influence in the house yeah it's like what a spit in the face to your mum I know but it's one of those sort of carelessly thoughtless things you, you never think your parents are hip no you never do so throughout the whole episode, they want you to believe that Becky's actually really nice, which they do unravel at the end. But uh, she suggests about the socks. And then this is Marge here. Nice little comeback. Things do get worn out. Socks, welcomes. <laughs> I always appreciate when Marge gets a little bit of a, a jab at people. When a bit of a A, a, bit of a like the punchline.
2: In true. But yeah. also, yeah, I don't, I don't like the idea of the tying the socks together like that. I roll my socks. You roll them? Well, you know, you you roll them into like you roll one into the other.
0: Yeah, you make like a little ball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've I've never seen socks tied ever.
2: I've never <laughs> seen that. Yeah, so nice try, Becky, but wrong.
0: Marge then goes to see her sisters to tell her about the situation. Tell them about the situation, I should say. And they say to her, "Don't worry about it. You're going to be dead in a few days anyway, because Becky's going to kill you." So <laughs> like, and they mention the movie, "The Hand That Rocks the Cradle," which they is do. This yeah. episode's basically based on. <laughs> um, I did like the fact that. They called the seducing Homer an act of violence, not love. Yes. <laughs> Becky uh, enters the bedroom in the middle of the night, which, in all honesty, you probably shouldn't be doing. I mean, no, oh, you shouldn't. I not. didn't want to wake you. Then why were you in the fucking bedroom in the middle of the night? <laughs> <laughs> but she's got the, the hair dryer and the brush that look like... In all honesty, that, that joke was just
2: a basically a stale rehash of... Um,
0: hey, boy, check out my new hockey mask and cheats do you want some bread before you go to bed? <laughs> it's so, so good. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Marge then goes to the shop. And it, it is great here when, um, after Becky's mentioned that, you know, she going got to cook couscous. You know, you can learn a lot from your kids if you just listen to them. Mm-hmm. So Marge is starting to feel like her family's been taken away. Her, her daughter loves Becky more than her. But Marge here, shut up. Becky, that would have been sweet. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. love I love that because, I mean, ev- yeah,
2: everyone has had that moment of, um, yes, know- not knowing the, you know, coming up with a perfect comeback five minutes too late. Mm, um, yeah. I don't know if I've mentioned it, but there, there's an actual saying for that called The Wit of the Staircase. Oh, I didn't Um, know that. Okay. yeah. Apparently our French friends came up with that. I can't can't remember the actual French term for it, but it translates as the wit of the staircase because, you know, you'll probably, you'll be leaving some soiree going down the stairs like, should have said that. Ah, yeah, Mm -hmm. makes sense. Okay. Yeah, but that whole, but also like this whole bit, you know, well, shut up, (laughs) Yeah, but the fact that her idea of a real singer is, shut up, Becky. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) that's a a comeback. And, And it's also, yeah, I... I think I probably like Julie Kavner's voice acting maybe the most out of all the Simpsons cast. I mean, I know you've got a lot of versatile people in there, but I really like what Julie Kavanagh does. I, th- I, I've, I, I just like her voice anyway, in the, in the various acting roles she's done outside of the Simpsons. But um, yeah, I, I, love, I really like what she does with Marge.
0: With that moment there, like the fact that Shut Up Becky is such a, an important comeback for her, it's like she never gets to lash out. No. So just even be able, even being able to yell anything, it's just like, oh, that feels good. She needs one of those rooms where you'd paid to just go smash shit. That's what Marge needs. Oh yeah, absolutely. Now we've got the famous steep hill that only seems to appear in Springfield when someone breaks the cut or something needs to be or yeah. a car needs to be out of control in some way because that's a fucking steep hill. It
2: is. Now I mean, um I don't it's know. It's like exactly. um, San
0: Francisco. San Francisco's yeah. got hills like that. Yeah. It
2: feels very much like that. I don't know exactly what they're ripping off here. I mean, um one thing it did remind me of is another sort of movie in this whole genre of, you know, are they evil or are they not? A, a pretty terrible one from mid, the mid-90s called Jade with David Caruso. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, he gets his brakes cut and he it's set in San Francisco and he's basically navigating his his car up and down these very steep streets. I think he sort of runs into, he gets caught in Chinatown and. Runs down a dragon or something along those lines, but uh, it's yeah, it's very much of that way of like ah steep hills and all that kind of. It. I did like that the car actually had a brakes cut
0: kind of. Thing, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. which was funny, was like, but
2: but also yeah, a bit of a logical misstep because as we discover later, sorry, they the weren't sp- cut. Yeah. Sorry for the spoiler, folks, but they weren't cut. He you know Homer just accidentally drained the brake fluid,
0: so so it did kind of it did kind of ruin their their yeah. payoff. You're right, but yeah. I did have here that I didn't even put two and two together when I was watching it. I didn't think, oh, maybe maybe Homer fucked it up. I didn't think of that. So that was I always found it to be a, a nice little reveal at the end that they, yeah. oh, oh, you got me. I didn't think of that. <laughs> even though it's pretty obvious when you think about it. Yeah. But I also <laughs> did really enjoy the ooh tough glass, <laughs> <laughs> and the the old man. Oh, ow, well, I still say our speed bumps are bigger, <laughs> stronger speed too. too. It, reminds, <laughs> it reminds me of that guy from the um. The General Store. When Homer catches General Sherman, do you remember that episode? When Homer goes fishing and he catches the big catfish. Oh, yeah, that's right. There was a man who caught him once. goes by the name of Homer. <laughs> sounded <laughs> like that guy. <laughs> uh, that was a
2: that was a really good impression of him, man.
0: So, yes, yeah, so Marge, Marge thinks that Becky's trying to kill her. She thinks that she's cut her brakes. That no, Becky's cut her brakes. She goes to to Wiggum here. Well, I'm going to be honest with you, Marge. The law is powerless to help you. <laughs> <laughs> He's um, the worst cop. How is he still in? Oh, pa-
2: How is he still oh, in office? How is he because still? Because he's in Springfield.
0: <laughs> but that's sort of in the best bad cop moment. That's it's still to come. And I thought it was fucking hilarious. It was almost my favourite moment. Mm-hmm. So we'll get. Let's get to it now. So we're at the uh, Butterfats Ice Cream Parlor. Phineas Q Butterfat. Don't
2: forget. Yes,
0: that's right. All the family are there, and well, Be- well, except for Marge, Becky's there instead. And they're still trying to plant the seed that Becky is still um. He's still thinking of March because she goes, oh, No, I wanted to wait till your mom was here, but what the hell? Um, I found an apartment, I'm moving out, all the family are sad. So they're playing up that she's innocent. Then we get introduced to the Ark.
1: And God said, Gather ye two of every flavor, anoint them with 62 sauces, whipped cream, and nuts, and ye shall call it the Ark. <laughs>
0: the. Acting from Dan there is just sensational. <laughs> just, just just, and just straight into the... Just passed out. And then Bart thinks he's just gorging. No, you might want to help him. <laughs> oh. So this is where uh, Marge walks in, catches Becky giving mouth, mouth to Homer, thinks that she's trying to steal her husband. The police arrive, gun goes off. Lou, whoopsie. whoopsie. <laughs> I fucking thought... I don't know why that tickled me so much, but the cut to the three cops... All with ice creams and him just going, whoopsie. <laughs> <laughs>
1: we gotta save him. <laughs> you server! You server! You summer! Don't mess with me! I've got Jimmy's I can only see a horrible rainbow! <gasps> Shut up! finally said it. (laughs) (laughs) Drop the cone, sugar. (laughs) (laughs) Whoopsie. Take her away, boys. Mm -hmm. I thought you said the law was powerless. Powerless to help you, not punish you. Mm, Earned my treat. This isn't over, Becky. I know where you live. My house.
0: It was a good um, cut to commercial, I thought. You know, if you if you do like this episode, you're going to want to keep watching to find out what's going to happen now. That's true. That's a good point.
2: I thought, well, I know you like whoopsie. I thought the, the best cop bit, that was just uh, Clancy going, hmm, earn my treat.
0: <laughs> that was very good as well. And the whole, no, it's powerless to help you, not arrest you. <laughs> <laughs> Marge is now on trial. So I believe we had one of the patrons uh, message this. Um, I, I noticed that anyway, myself, that the, of two of the three people were characters that we had before, two of the people on the panel. So we had Marge's psychiatrist from Marge's The, the Fear of Flying episode, oh. as well as Dr. Foster from Hurricane Nettie when uh, Flanders goes into the sci- the psycho home. But hmm. it's the young version of Dr. Foster, so I'm not sure whether he jumped into a time machine or whether they realized they were copying Dr. Foster. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that's Dr. Foster. Do you remember that episode, Hurricane Nettie? I do remember Hurricane Nettie, but uh, it's, been a, it's been a while and since it's a- I've seen it. Doctor Foster is the guy that spanked him on the bum throughout the year oh, <laughs> when he was a kid. That's yeah, righteous. so so <laughs> the the, the Doctor Foster that's spanking him on the bum, flanders when he was a kid, that's the Doctor Foster we've got here. Uh. So maybe maybe it's Doctor Foster's son. Who knows? But yeah, it was just nice to have characters that we've had in the past. I thought it was a nice touch. It was. A, it, I I did feel sorry for Marge here, but it was so funny. So the the Ringo Star scenario, but then oh. the oh. Okay, and this guard, is he in this room right now? <laughs> He's kind of everywhere. <laughs> uh, I,
1: did,
2: I, I, loved, I did like the shout out to the Ringo star fixation, though. I thought that was good. You know,
0: he reciprocated.
2: <laughs> it was. You know, we all remember he, he held up the
0: picture and just went, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he certainly did. Marge then raises out the window because that's what you do in Springfield. You just want to escape from court. You just jump out the window and pump those crazy legs. We didn't get the news report from Juggernauts about Marge. Um, ever get the we need to catch her before she kills again. And then Homer's like, oh, don't worry, she'll be back to finish off Becky. Then we'll all be back to normal.
1: <laughs>
0: Marge enters This was also a very close second for my favourite moment. I thought this was great. Marge entering the band parade to escape the <laughs> The workers, and it turns out it's for the mental asylum. <laughs> it was pretty. I thought I wrote down. It's a pretty clever move by March. A shame it backfired, but even, you know
2: she was even able to get out of that. But uh, yeah, no, But what I like smart. about it
0: was the fact that because I, I first watched it and went, "Oh, how convenient that they've got someone you know wearing the same clothes," but then it makes sense because that's where she came from.
2: Yeah. Well, it, it's like the fugitive. You know, you know the bit in the fugitive where Harrison Ford. Um, it's in Paddy's Day in Chicago, and uh, mm. they're they're chasing him uh, wherever, and he finds some old green hat out of the, fishes it out of the bin, slaps it on and starts walking to the St Paddy's Day Festival and just merges in. Good on you, yep. Harrison Ford, and good on you, Marge. This was a, 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 pretty, a pretty suave move on your part.
0: I feel like you must be a big fan of The Fugitive because you mention it a lot. Of oh, The Fugitive? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Oh, you
2: can, you can watch <laughs> it
0: any night of the week. <laughs> I, mean, I I I like it as well, but I mean, you just really because you mentioned it a lot, the fugitive. I mean, by all I, means, I mention did, it as much as you'd like to. I, it's a great I did movie. not
2: realize that I mentioned the fugitive all that much.
0: <laughs> did you see the meme I put up on the Facebook page recently? I can't remember who made it of the "I don't care" moment from The Simpsons when they took off the the fugitive. Oh yeah, <laughs> did, you, did you see the meme? Um, I think so. well, there's variations of it. I'm pretty sure the memes. The meme says it's got Bill saying, "Did someone say KFC?" But that is one of my favourite scenes ever of Milhouse and, yeah, the, the Fugitive. If you haven't watched The Fugitive, people, make sure you go out and watch it. Oh, Fugitive is top-notch. Take it from Guy and from Dando. So she jumps back out of the uh, mental asylum and she steals comic book Guy's prescription pants.
1: <laughs> now, Ralphie, what are you going to do if you see Mrs. Simpson? Please, you crazy mommy. That up, boy. But you got to aim a little higher. There you go. That's a kill shot.
0: Uh, we get crusty here doing the Marge skit, so this was the takeoff of what Conan used to do. Yes, with the mouth, it got very old very quick. <laughs> <laughs> that gag kind of dates this episode because that would have been really funny and relevant when this episode aired, but now it's like, huh? Now, so,
2: yeah. If you didn't, if you didn't know about the Conan O'Brien bit, you'd be like, "What is this?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Um, we cut to the Marge Simpson dances. I love here cut to butt too soon. The <laughs> <laughs> too soon. It was, actually. it was a good line delivery. Uh, yeah, very, very good. <clears throat> Um, I appreciated that the reference to bloody Margie, like Candyman, <laughs> <to> bloody Mary. <laughs> then uh, Homer's reference to species—is it is species? Was it one of mates with people and eats them? That's species, right? Um, I think it's more just a praying mantis that does
2: that. But um, just I a can't. praying mantis, okay. I don't think the I, just, I, I don't think Natasha Hentridge in, in Species actually
0: ate you after she was done with you. She just really oh, she, she just wanted to get knocked up. Ah, oh, because you and- That's right. Yes, of course, man. I'm telling you right now. Species was Species was the movie franchise when I was a kid that I could go to the um go to the uh video store and mum thinks I'm just looking at horror movies, but I always knew there was a chance for some boob on the cover of a species D V D. Oh absolutely video. there was. <laughs> so Mum would never know that I was just going to look at boob. <laughs> <laughs> I was looking in the horror section to find the species covers. <laughs> I can still remember the cover. It was just her in the front was all green and black. Yeah, yeah it's like, good. I, can I get this one? It, it's like Alien. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's like E.T. for grown-ups. <laughs> so Becky, she's now at home and she's starting to sort of take the role of Marge. She's like, you know, if Marge was here, she would tell you to do your homework and you need to finish washing the dog. So she's sort of almost mm. like the Sherry Bobbin. She's like, come on, people. Start yeah. fucking pulling your weight around here. Then we get to Marge at the library. I, th- I thought Marge... I love the design of Marge wearing the, the baggy clothes and the hat. I thought she rocked it.
2: I think so as well. I'd like Marge with her hair down as opposed to up.
0: Yes, definitely. Yeah, whenever she's got her hair down, she looks far more relaxed. She looks less cartoony, I think. Now,
1: let's find out who this Becky really is. <gasps> <gasps> I really should read the whole headline before I react. Oh my, I've been so unfair to Becky. Maybe I am insane. I mean, I am talking to myself. You are? Oh, I thought I'd made a friend.
0: Marge arrives back home, and it looks like that Becky is taking part in a ritual to kill Homer, but no, they're actually filming a video for Bart. What? What is Bart's final video going to be? He was Interviewing Otto, and then he was filming Karate, Jackie Chan moves, now there's a Satan's ritual. (laughs) Look like a Cradle of Filth video or something along those lines. Uh. Mm, Yeah, possibly. (laughs) At least he's filming the uh, the the behind-the-scenes video or the making-of video. And then we get here, so the big reveal. So it's revealed here that Homer was the one that drained the brake fluid. Uh, Becky didn't cut her brakes. But then Becky admits that she was actually going to steal the family. She just couldn't find a place to... um, or well, She couldn't decide on a shovel to, to bury Marge. <laughs> I didn't like that ending. I, I, I'm I probably in the minority, but I just felt like the episode would have been better off not having Becky actually wanted to kill Marge in the end. Because I felt like... Uh, I guess if you're not going to bring back the character, it doesn't matter. But I thought... The, I like I really liked the character of Becky until that moment. I was just kind of like, ah, uh, mm. okay. But I guess it kind of plays into what they were trying to take off in the sense that all those... You know, was it, was it from hell? Is that what it was? I can understand why they did it. To me, I just would have preferred if they didn't do it. <laughs> yeah, look, it's um, just a again,
2: uh, as we've talked about, just a, an unsatisfying ending. Just yeah, a bit of it just runs out of gas, maybe or runs out of petrol. Let's say for <laughs> for our Australian friends, um, you know, just a, a few meters before the finish line.
0: Yeah, yeah, it just sort of felt like the ending they couldn't quite decide on what they wanted, so they just wrapped it up in the space of thirty seconds. You know, Homer shoots Marge in the next so he doesn't have to do some uh, sweeping and mopping or whatever it is. Well, yes,
2: the S and M thing. Oh, oh, I didn't mind it did seem like a very Marge kind of joke, or just a very sort of parent parent joke when they're feeling a bit yeah. sort of a tiny bit racist, like time for some S and M. Scrubbing and Mopping.
0: <laughs> Scrubbing and mopping, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, overall, though, I, I know you didn't like it that much, but I, I've i always got a soft spot for this episode, as I mentioned at the start, and there was enough there, enough laugh-out-loud moments for me that I um, gave this a thumbs-up for sure. What about you, Mr. Davis? Okay,
2: look, my thumb is probably at a 45-degree angle, so it's wavering between up and... Yeah, so, look, it, I know I, I came off a bit, uh, a bit cruel at the start and was not enjoying it all that much this little recap that that you've done so well Dando, yes brought me a few laughs so mm, okay yes I've warmed to it a little bit I mean
0: I I don't love it
2: but uh I like it
0: what do we learn Palmer so what'd you learn from the episode Mr Davis
2: oh the most valuable lesson of all add rosemary to your potatoes potatoes add it to anything add it to anything Maybe not ice cream, but primarily to uh, potatoes and, and certainly lamb if you are inclined I was going to good.
0: say, I, I don't eat lamb, but I know I see a lot of rosemary and lamb. It seems to be a thing.
1: Mm.
2: So it's a good herb. It's a very nice herb. But that's, that, that's the most valuable takeaway from It's a Mad, 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 Mad March for mine.
0: I learnt, I learnt that whenever cramming stuff into your mouth, head to tail, you've always fit more. <laughs> and don't skimp on the hot sauce. It's the patron mailbag time. Alrighty, so it is time for the mailbag Mr. Davis. Open it up do we have? Let's have a look. Let's get in there. I haven't even looked at it this week. You posted it today. You asked the patrons for some questions. What have they sent in? Let's have a look. What is the this is from Talia Enriquez, a regular contributor to the patron mailbag. What is the best type of shovel that you should buy when planning to assimilate someone's family? That's a
2: very good question. If I knew, I've never used a shovel. I always dig with my hands, like an animal. <laughs> I feel, if, you know, if, if I'm going to get back to nature, I'm going to get back to nature, man.
0: Just burying your pet cat, you're just shoveling away with your
2: hands. Indeed, yes. I mean, if I'm going to the pet cemetery, I'm not, I'm not walking that far with a shovel.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, next question comes from, uh, Jonathan Rossi Sorry Talia Talia probably wanted Actual sort of uh, Advice on hardware Life advice yeah. Oh well you You've to come to the wrong so- place you have-, you have to find someone else To give you advice On how to bury your body jo- <laughs> Jonathan Rossi What is the most monumental conversation That you've ever had Which you or the other Member of the conversation Interrupted for something Ridiculous or inappropriate My. I remember when we were Trying to tell my parents That we were pregnant For the second time My dad like interrupted To talk about something To do with the football That <laughs> happened the previous week we're Like dad be quiet He's like what? I'm like, dad, shut up for a second. You're about to be a grandfather. <laughs> <laughs> He's like again. Yeah. What about you? Any, can you anything off the top of your head?
2: I, off the top of my head, no. I can't recall any sort of uh, any sort of grand. I don't think I've met that made that many groundbreaking sort of uh, uh, announcements in my life. But certainly none that have been interrupted uh, by you know friends or family or anything like that. No. I'm I'm, I'm sorry to say that. Uh, all the uh, all the important stuff that I've ever sort of announced has uh, been treated with the due reverence
0: and respect by everyone around me. And here's a qu- here's a question for you from Noah Daniel: What cover band would you want at your wedding? What type of band? What cover
2: band? Oh, cover band! Oh golly! Like of one pati- Would they have to be of? Uh, yeah, one particular band. Clearly, I feel oh. like you'd be a
0: babba. <laughs> <laughs>
2: mm, look. <laughs> I like to think of myself as a sensitive gentleman, so I would probably defer, also a slack gentleman, so I would probably defer that duty to my uh, intended. I'd say, what kind of music do you like, honey? Let's get this band that does that kind of sound. Um, but for myself, I don't know, um, maybe like, like a 70s yacht rock style band, like the Doobie Brothers or Chicago or something along those lines, or, or a, an outfit that had like a, a yacht rock kind of selection. Because I think that would sort of get people on the dance floor and a wide selection of people on the dance floor You wouldn't even have to know how to dance, just sort of like
0: move it a little bit. Yeah, 100%. I, I, it's got to be some sort of like... Or what about if you had a Tina Turner cover? Because every wedding has to have the push city limits, right? They, they do, don't they? Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> it's a Tina Turner cover artist <laughs> so just, just to do the Nutbush on repeat. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, one more question Find the Patreon mailbag, then we'll jump into the other mailbag. Damian Miller says, "What is the weirdest thing you have seen used as a weapon, such such as Marge with the ice cream cone?" Um, I've seen, well, Mitch once got slapped in the face with a, a salmon, I believe, like a full salmon oh, fish. <laughs> um, I've had I, I, I've been attacked with a loaf of bread once. I was um, I believe I've mentioned this on the podcast before, but when I used to work in the deli, I just clocked off. I'd finished my shift, and I'd forgotten to get my wallet. I left it in the drawer in the front room, so I'd gone back in to get it. And as I'm in there, this guy goes, how about some service, mate? And I just went, oh, sorry, mate, I've finished. And he just like made this sound of just rage and confusion and just pulled his loaf of bread out of his basket and launched it over the counter, hit me square in the head and just sort of fell to the floor. And we just sort of looked at each other as if to say, well, that just happened. (laughs) And he just walked off. (laughs) Didn't want his bread back? No, he was. It's like he, it's like he did it, and then realised what he'd done, and sort of snapped out nothing. of the trance. <laughs> just, <laughs> but he, um, I was, but like, I, I, wasn't even angry. I was just like, oh, you'd be bemused, really? Yeah, you'd just be. Did I, did I, just, did I just get attached with a loaf of bread?
2: <laughs> yeah, that is honestly so surreal that you, yeah, you honestly feel like you would just woken up from a dream or something. It's like, did, did that just happen? Did someone just
0: throw a loaf of bread? And, at and you? it was like it took so long to go and hit me as well. It was like it was mid-flight, and I had the option. Am I just going to stand here and let this hit me? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Was <laughs> just, it, bang. <laughs> it wasn't like a like a crusty sourdough loaf, like an artisan I loaf. No, no. It was just like just a, like like a Coles brand wholemeal toast slice bread. Yeah. Yeah, it was just... <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, that that was a bizarre moment, but that's, that's me being attacked by something strange. How about yourself? Um,
2: look, this didn't actually happen to me, but it did happen to a friend of mine who got a bit loudmouthed uh, one night on the street after we'd all had a few drinks. Um, you do have a lot of loudmouth friends, by the sounds of oh, it. Oh, one or two. <laughs> These yeah. are, of course, my friends. This didn't happen to me. No, no, no. Um, but I think this friend of mine uh, took issue with the fact that this guy was wearing moccasins out and about on the town and um, uh, sort of gave the bloke some stick. About- oh, nice moccasins, mate. Um, like, you know, like slippers, like fluffy slippers, like Ugg boots. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, this guy, I think, actually picked. uh, He took off one of his moccasins and threw it like full tilt at my mate. And um, yeah, I know. I think we were all like, "Ah, (laughs) this guy's clearly crazy." So we just sort of like, "We'd better get out of here." If he's going to do this, you know, we didn't. We didn't pick up the moccasins or anything. We're just like, "Oh, I mean, he didn't. It didn't really come near us or anything like that. He didn't throw it far enough." If he's willing to do that, he's fucking crazy. Oh yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, yeah, we we. We figured it'd be best to, to uh, exit the scene <laughs> post haste. So yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so it didn't quite connect, but uh it's the thought that counts.
1: J'veil <laughs> Jamal is here.
0: All well, right, there's a the patient mailbag. Now I've just jumped into our mailbag from our irregular listeners. We do like to hear from you guys as well. Mailbag at fourfigurediscount.com.au. dot Be sure to send us some questions and just some just get in contact with us. We'd love to hear from each and every single one of you. Mm-hmm. So, this here comes from Lois. So, Lois says, Hi, guys. Just thought I'd send you an email to say hi and thank you for the show. Hi, Lois. I really enjoyed... Hi, Lois. Yes. I really enjoyed listening and the show has kept me company through COVID lockdown and working from home. My mental health wasn't great during some parts of the lockdown. So, listening to the show really helped lift my mood and provided a helpful distraction. It also kept me company when I went to get a drive-through COVID test from Barwon Health. I was nervous about the test and listened through some back episodes to take my mind off of it. Trieste of Horror 6 as when she was driving there and Trieste of Horror 5 while she waited. So that was back when uh, Mitch was still doing the show. Mm-hmm. But And then she got the actual test. Just thought that might be a random fun fact. She says, I joined the Patreon a few weeks back to show my support and give back after the show has provided me with so much entertainment. And one particular factor in deciding to do so... Was knowing that I would be supporting two fellow Geelong residents. I love the random Geelong references that are thrown into the podcast from time to time. I always love hearing from people who are from Geelong as well. It's great. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks. Uh, she says, "Yes." Uh, anyways, I was wondering how you were feeling about reviewing the future seasons coming up. Obviously, as it's been well discussed, we've passed the golden age of The Simpsons. But I recently rewatched the show on Disney Plus. I find a lot of our listeners are doing that. They're going back and they're rewatching the show on Disney Plus, which is cool. I'm glad that Disney Plus is giving a lot of. Uh, old school viewers, the chance to go back and revisit the show for the first time. You know, they might not have gone out or been able to afford the DVDs and, you know, they they don't watch enough television to be able to pick it up and find it on free-to-air because it's fucking impossible to find these days. So, Disney Plus just gives you easy access. It's there whenever you want it. So, um, yeah, it's just great. That's the one positive I mean, of Disney buying Fox, if, if anything. It's like, can you imagine, like, telling 10-year-old Dando in fucking 1998, oh, yeah, there's going to be a point where you can just turn the TV on and watch any episode of The Simpsons that you want at any time. Like, my little mind would have been blown. Yeah. And I think we sometimes, take, we sometimes take this for granted because just go back 10 years ago, this whole concept of streaming, it's just like... Unprecedented. It's unheard of. Oh, absolutely. You, you wouldn't be able to even fathom it. Yeah. So it's just sometimes we need to sit back and appreciate what we do have. You know what I mean? Indeed.
2: Uh, by the way, what was the name of that uh, that streaming service where you can watch uh, every episode of The Simpsons up to season
0: thirty? I believe it's called Disney Plus. Yeah, all thirty seasons of The Simpsons streaming now. Disney Plus. On Disney Plus, you say that name again is Disney Plus.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think. Um, I, th-
2: I think we did that so inconspicuously that uh, you know. Yeah. You know, <laughs> It's pretty good. I'm holding I'm holding up a
0: Pepsi can like Wayne as we speak. She says, But I recently rewatched the show on Disney Plus and was surprised by how many decent episodes there were in later seasons. I think I got up to about season seventeen when I decided to stop watching and just go back to the start again. I hope you and your families are all well and stay safe during these COVID times. I'm looking forward to keeping up with the show in the future. Thanks, Lois. So yeah, I I agree. I think there is so much to look forward to in the upcoming seasons. You are gonna get your occasional shit show. But um but I think like, overall, going into season eleven, I wouldn't say that I wasn't excited. But I was just kind of like, "Oh, so here we go." It's the sort of the beginning of the downward trend. Mm-hmm. But I think when you sort of average it out, I think season eleven's been a thumbs up. I
2: think so, yeah. And I mean, look, I think when we're diving as deep as we are, you're going to find good stuff. And yeah, I, I, I think we've, um, I think we've been fair, and I don't think we've. You know sort of gone in with the uh, with the pitchforks and the and the torches and all that kind of stuff saying, oh no, this is terrible. I think we've you know gone in with uh, an even uh, an even frame of mind and you know what we what we haven't liked we pointed out, but uh, I think we've been pleasantly surprised by how much good stuff there's been. And I think that will be the case as we as we continue to move forward.
0: hundred percent, yeah, so she's as Lois said, she's up to season seventeen and she's still enjoying the show. so yeah, plenty to look forward to here on four figure discount. Uh, don't forget, if you want to be a patron, support the show, and get access to a bunch of exclusive podcasts, just go to patreoncom four finger discount. Links in the description of this podcast, um, where you'll get, you know, the you'll be a week ahead for this show. You'll be a few weeks ahead of Talking Seinfeld. You get Take It Like a Mandalorian, Tales of Futurama, uh, plus, plus, many, many uh, more things. You also get access into the monthly prize draw, as well as the Facebook group. Now, the Facebook community is an absolute. It's just a a pure joy. It's one of the only reasons I use Facebook these days. The community there are absolute legends. You will... Absolutely love being a part of that community and you can do that for just $2 per month. So yeah, patreon.com slash discount or just continue listening to the show. We just appreciate the fact that you're willing to give us your time and tune in each and every week. You are all absolute legends. Uh, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at fourfingerpod. If you want to contribute and get your name read out on the new name segment, follow us on Instagram, instagram.com slash and don't forget to enter our uh, prize draw for the official Simpsons animation sale from Treehouse of Horror 9 go to our Facebook page and comment your favourite Simpsons episode and why courtesy of our good friends at Disney um, and you'll also get a subscription 12 month subscription for Disney Plus if you win because all 30 seasons of The Simpsons are now streaming I uh, hope you enjoyed our review of It's a Mad, 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 Mad Marge next week we are reviewing the finale of season 11 we Woo! finally did it Mr. Davis we got through an entire season do you know what episode it is? You tell me it is Behind the Laughter which is An episode that I fucking hated as a kid, but I'm really looking forward to it because it's one of those episodes that I think you really need to understand the entertainment business to appreciate it. And I just, I cannot wait to go back and revisit it because I haven't for a long, long time. I've held out for that reason because I want to go in fresh. Behind the laughter is next week. Make sure you tune to that, guys. But for now, I'm Dando, Mr. Davis. Any final words for the listeners?
2: I can only see a horrible rainbow. (laughs) Shh.